Hey everyone, Trista back with another playing around with playbook this week. Today we're going to be talking to jazz guitarist Bruce Foreman, so let's just give him a second to log on and we'll get started. So hopefully he can figure this out. Um, it's, um, it's been good so far with people joining the lives lately, so I think we're in a bit of streak of luck with how fast people join. So should be good. This is the part where I play the Jeopardy music. Okay, Bruce is on the live. Hello. Let's get Sammy on here too. Some. I'm hey, alive. Sammy. Hi, Trice. You are alive. Okay, awesome. Bruce got on so quick. Boom. You know, an old old dog learns a new trick. Very so impressed. Faster. <laughs> Our guests. Wow, very impressed. Thank you so much for being here today, Bruce. Great to be here. Yeah, awesome. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce you for our audience. That was such a, such a smooth transition, so I'm excited to get started. Um, 18 records as a leader, 18 recordings as a leader, including his newest release, Junkard Duo, countless sidemen, recordings including uh, with Ray Brown, Bobby Hutcherson, Roger Kellaway, soundtrack performances on three of Clint Eastwood's The Sing With Films, most notably Academy Award-winning Million Dollar Baby, cool. producer, arranger, acclaimed educator in residence at USC's studio and jazz guitar department. When does Bruce Foreman rest? So today we're going to be talking <laughs> Bruce Well, I, actually, I've got another record since, since that bio you read. Uh, it's called Reunion with John Clayton. And I Jeff love Hamilton. the record. Ooh, and awesome. that just came out about uh, about six months ago. So, uh, so you know, we're we're. I'm, I guess I'm still not resting. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I mean, it sounds like a great combination of everyone. So excited to listen to that one. Um, yeah. Off, I'll ask you our staple question. Um, what have you been listening to lately? What have I been listening to lately? Well, I'm kind of. I'm listening to old stuff, you know, I'm, I've got to admit, I've been listening a lot to Art Tatum. Nice. Going there and listening to that. Um, really, he, he's still into Miles, just going back to the old Miles, you know, the orig original quintet, a lot of Red Garland and the band with Red Garland. And um, God, that's mostly what I listen to, but I listen to everything. I mean, things are coming across real fast, you know, in this world, so... I'm easily distracted by all the great music I hear on getting, you know, all the links on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. I'm got my ear to the ground, you know what I mean? So can I just say Bruce of everyone I know, like you inspired me so much when I was like, just getting into practice, Bruce had such a intensity about the importance of practice, the importance of like spending that time with your instrument. There's no substitute for that deep, who like did any? Where did you get that kind of thinking? Who sort of like put that in your wheelhouse? My God, you know, I mean, I just, um, I just got so, and you know, I, it mostly came from me. You know, it was just like I, I, I was lucky to be in a in a world with really great players. You know, and I mean, I grew up in San Francisco, and even though, you know, with my age, obviously New York. I mean, the summer of love and all that stuff in the late sixties, early seventies that was a huge thing in San Francisco, but most people don't also know that the jazz scene in San Francisco was really great and vibrant. And I just sort of luckily got pulled into that in early high school. 
and um, everybody was playing so good, you know, besides the fact the music was so good, their uh, instrumental ability was so good. I just knew I had so much catching up to do. And it was very obvious to me, one hour of playing got me one hour better, but two hours got me <laughs> two hours better, and four hours got me four hours better. So, I mean, luckily I had a lot of music to play and a lot of music to inspire me while to, to continue to keep, you know, working when, in the moments where it was so frustrating and it felt like no progress was being made. Um, I still just, pers you know, persisted. I mean, it was like, here's my day. If there's a session to make, I'm going to go to the session. If there's not a session, I'm going to play at home, you know, and that was kind of, or I'd go out and hear some people play. That was, you know, kind of my world. And then listen to music when my hands were bloody and I couldn't play anymore, you know? So um, I was just totally into it. You know, I mean, it was it was not hard to do, you know. Yeah, there were moments, I guess, where I thought to myself, eh, eh, what does it matter? But no, I really want this. So it was you know, so infectious yeah. being around you like as a Trista, I don't even know, you know, I met Bruce when I was maybe in high school. He was teaching Molly at USC and my dear friends like Devin Hoffman and Jake Reed, all these people were playing with you. And he was so generous with his time. And the first thing he did is like, come on over come play, play, come play at my house, grab a, a snare drum and just some brushes. And he was like, we're going to play. And I just so uh, kind to a younger musician who really didn't know at all how to, I mean, just, just, just so patient, man. He was just so kind. I don't know what else to say. Not, that's not a question, but I well, just you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, you know, first of all, I was getting to play and I knew you wanted it and I knew you had all the, you know, you were, you were ready to go, but it was just like, you know, all of my learning came from playing with good players. You know, I mean, as much as, like, as much as there was, you know, study and all that was happening, the real aha moments, the real progress was mm -hmm. made just in process with great players. And so, um, you know, believe it or not, I learned a lot playing with you guys. You know, you bring, mm -hmm. you know, first of all, you force me to really be strong in where I'm going so that you get an idea of what I need or what, where, what the music is happening, but also it encourages me to listen to a new way to play, you know, and solve new problems, which is all about the improvisational jazz process. Mm. And, 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 you know, you guys are, you know, you are in, the, we're like a family and you're in the family now. And, you know, all of us should be able to remember when we first started, uh, you know, just like we can remember how we are now <laughs> and how we want to be. And so, the more we create this community growth, love, support network, the more the music has a chance to continue to, I mean, I gave my life to this stuff, you know? I mean, for me to like shut the door on, on it would be like almost, you know, if you believe in religion, it'd be sacrilegious, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, you talk a lot about, I, I like what you're saying about, you know, persistency and also just, you know, uh, how you learn through the community and through playing with great players, um, which which leads me to wonder, you know, what do you want your students specifically like at USC or um, in general to walk away with, you know, besides these things or more so like in their actual practice? You know, I guess the big things, I mean, I want to inspire them to is, you know, to learn the music, learn the instrument and be themselves. You know, bring, bring, you know, of course, we all start off 
imitating the things we like. You know, that's just a natural process. And, and you know, and, and I'm still doing that today. I was doing that this morning with Art, with an Art Tatum record. I was, you know, trying to figure out how to translate some of that information onto a guitar, you know, with one hand. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, but, I, but, but through the process of filtering that information, I'm coming up with something that's uniquely me. Mm-hmm. And and that's the point of this, but still to get your shit together in terms of you know learn your instrument and continually working on your instrument your instrument abilities, but also really being in the process of making music, playing with as many players as you can in as many settings settings as you can, trying things, don't letting people don't let people tell you how to do it. You figure out for yourself how to do it. That's you know I always consider it almost a failure when a student sounds like me or wants to sound mm. I want them to sound like them yeah you know mm-hmm. uh, and but but it's an honor that they you know want to take a lot of my ideas and then use them in their own way I like Mo- that Molly yeah. is a real hard ass with her students and I think she got it from from you or in her like she it was a aha moment for her studying with Bruce because no one had really uh challenged her in that way like they had allowed her to i don't know what the word but but you pushed her to be like molly maybe you're you're not almost not thinking bold enough about like how to play like you're you're nervous Mm -hmm. and your anxieties are getting in the way of the music you want to make and i think like it was such a a beautiful way to show love which is like sometimes in music it's okay if it's tough love well yeah i mean you know it's like I mean, I'm very encouraging, as you can tell, and you know, because I love this music and I want everybody to play it, you know. So that's not it's not a, it, it's not coming from a bullshit place. I'm you know, I'm really um, I'm really much you know I'm a cheerleader for this music. I want to encourage people. At the same time, my students can hear themselves, just like I can hear myself. And yeah. if I'm blowing smoke up their ass, they're not going to take me seriously. And if I'm if I say you know that really sucked, or that you know that was not swinging, or you know you got you know the, where was the time and all that you know there was no or whatever I say, it's never really mm. hurt. It never hurts them because they know it too. Yeah, I mean it's not like I'm letting them know something that they're not. At least even if they're not aware of it consciously, they feel it. Yeah. And so I'm unlocking some truth to them and that makes them trust my, trust me. You know, I mean, it's never, I'm never telling them bad things just to make them feel bad. Although I've seen teachers do that and, and people have done that to me. Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation and, you know, there, and there's nothing really wrong with that either because those are those kind of meetings where, do, you know, mo- time, moments in your life where it's like, do you really want to do this? There's going to be a lot of people who are going to get in the way and throw a lot of shade on you. You know what I mean? And you've you've got to, you know what I mean? You've got to be strong enough to know that you're going and you can deal with anything that comes up. At the same time, yeah. I'm not that style of teacher. I, I tell the truth, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and I do, and I am very encouraging too, because like ultimately... I love this music. I want them to love it. You know, it's just basically that's where that's coming from. Yeah, of course. You know, you talked a lot about, about um, you know, being uniquely them and um, doing their own thing as well in their practice. How did you, you know, in terms of leading your own band, like, what advice would you give to someone who wants to, you know, be a band leader? That's, you know, 
a group that's wow. them. Well, you know, first of all, I mean, you know, as, when you're young, you, you have this sort of, I've got to be me. I've got to be me, right? I mean, that's a natural, particularly in your early 20s, late teens type of thought, you know what I mean? Because at that point in your life, you are sort of figuring out who you are anyways. You know what I mean? It's not just in the music, it's in life that, that you're going through that. And, you know, eventually you play enough <laughs> and it's like, you look around, this probably happens in your mid thirties, you go, boy, I'm me. <laughs> you, know, you just are you, you know, right? You don't have to worry about being you, you are you. So for my, you know, for being a band leader, I would say, you know, get the best musicians you can, you know, be bold in your choices, you know, reach for the stars, um, be a hero. Don't, you know, don't think you're ever going to make a mistake, even though you are, you know, just like, just, you know, move on, just, you know, and uh, get the best players you can, but don't be afraid to lead, you know, take it, you know, it's as much as anything, when you've got people around you, you really respect, but now they're looking to you for leadership. Cause like, I'm a side, I mean, I play sideman with a lot of, even some of my students bands, they'll call me to play a gig with them. Right. And I'm a sideman with them. Now, when I get to that gig, I'm a sideman, I'm waiting for direction from them. I'm not there to take over and be, and make it my band. So, I really need leadership and and any if you look at any great band, even the bands where the leader isn't the best player in the band, you'll notice that if, when it's a good band, there's good, solid leadership. Mm -hmm. And that's because the leader has a vision, a sonic vision for, for, for what they for what kind of a mood they want to create, what sound they want to create and what kind of playing they want to have happen. And so it's really important, regardless of how, uh, you know, like obviously, you know, a young person with, with you know, like my, my, I did a record with like, you know, I had Albert Daly and Billy Hart. I think I was 25 years old, you know what I mean? And, and Tom Harrell and, and something, <laughs> you know, and, and like, but they came in there, what, what are we doing? You know, I mean, they knew me and we'd, we'd played together before, but it was like, I had to kind of show play for them and demonstrate the direction of this music so that they could relax and be themselves and play their best. Of course. There's, you know. there's also something about clarity, like the way you talk is super clear, the way you think is super clear. So like when you go to make music, it's always super clear, Bruce. I feel like I never don't know what you're trying to do. Right. Well, you know, and in some ways, you know, th that could be as much of a compliment as it could be a criticism. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. But for me, no, that's no, inspiring. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. Especially, you know, there's a lot of styles of jazz that's being played right now that are very evasive and, and, and even vague, I have to say, in my opinion, you know, and there's, and I love listening to some of it, you know, um, but you're not talking to a guy who, who thinks that way, walks that way, talks that way, or plays that way. So, um, but that, again, you know, one of the things I think that drew me to jazz music in the first place, you know, of course it was the sound and the feeling of it. And of course it was the community of cats that were playing it, these eccentric geniuses. But also it was the unique individualism of everybody how everybody had a different personality and their personality showed in that play. 
you know, Dizzy was this wildly outgoing, funny guy who was playing his ass off. You know, Miles was this, you know, moody, you know, seemingly almost angry guy, you know. Um, Freddie Hubbard was this gregarious guy. And if you look at him, I mean, the way they play, it's exactly like that person. Hmm. And and so, um, and and the guys I came up playing with, which were, of course, weren't those guys. I was listening to them. I was playing with a whole group of musicians in San Francisco who were also that way, though. There were the guy, you know, the guy that couldn't, like, pay his rent and keep his shit together and always had, like, different shoes and everything. But he would play, like, scattered, but this beautiful scattered <laughs> stuff. And then there's this other guy who, like, everything was, like, this drummer who everything was perfect. You know what I mean? His car was always brilliantly clean and his instrument was you know looked like it was brand new you know what i mean and the whole thing and man he played like perfect you know what i mean I it was like that. everything everything he played was like a little uh, a christmas present with wrapping on it you know he'd give it to <laughs> you know what i mean everything was so perfectly presented and it was so much his personality you know and that part of the music to me was another thing that really drew me to it you know and we, and we because that guy who was totally organized, you know what I mean, could play with that guy who was totally scattered <laughs> and make brilliant music together. So for everyone at home, they should be they should know how you conduct yourself. Bruce is watching you. If you if you don't have your if your room is messy, Bruce knows. He'll be able yeah. to tell by the way you play through uh, your changes. Well, I, mean, I can tell by by the way the cat's dressed, and you know, and you can probably tell with me too, you know. <laughs> I'm a kind of a wild guy who's, you know, bull in a china shop. That's, we love, you know. Cowboy hat says it all. Says it yeah. All. But yeah, I definitely that's super important, you know, thinking about the personality aspect. Um, something that I hear a lot in my own, you know, education is that we're not going to see people play exactly how someone else played it, but we're going to go see how they would take their spin on how someone else has played it before. Um, right. so that point about what you're saying. Um, and I want to ask you, our last question for today, because I know that it's getting to be a little bit long right now, which is awesome. Oh, I didn't even know how long we were going. I, I brought a sleeping bag. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, we are on playing around with playbooks, so awesome. Um, so my last question would be, why do you feel digital platforms are important or not important in today's classroom? Wow. Um, well, of course, you know, they... You're talking to a guy who was always the guy who hated the internet. Um, <laughs> I like hanging out with people. I like playing live music for live people. I really don't even like recording, to be honest with you. I do it. I know it's a part of my job. You know, it's part of the whole world of this music. I do it. But, I mean, I hate it. I like playing live in the moment with people. That's, you know, or for people, even if I'm playing just solo. That being said, you know, I've been aware of the internet for the last 20 years and tried to make peace with it. And I um, but mostly used it, the online to promote my offline life. Okay, mm -hmm. that's kind of my thought about it. Well, the day, I think March 13, 2020, when the pandemic hit, I realized I was thinking about this wrong that I had to move on to the internet and live there because I didn't know how long this pandemic was going to go. I, I really thought it was going to go longer than everybody did. And I was right there, you know? Um, and so uh, with the teaching part, you know, I really like the teaching part of it personally, because uh, there's a, there's a, like a 
you know, in, in my office at school or if I do license, you know, the guy comes over, there's this whole like meet and greet and say hello and hang out and da 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 da, which is fun. But, you know, if I've got six lessons stacked up, that's going to bite into that hour of work we've got to do. I mean, when we start on the Internet, we're pretty much hit the ground running mm. from the beginning of it till when we hit. There's not the goodbye. There's not the hello. There's not the walk into the car or one guy's already in the office while another one's walking by. So then there's a five, 10 minute hang, which is great. I love that part. But for the education side of it, you know, to really get on with your playing or somebody else's playing, you know, that it does cut in, you know, five minutes of a, of a 50 minute lessons is 10% of that time. So, uh, so I like that part of it. I realize I have really strong time. So, uh, a lot of my students who I've had for over a year, and then I finally teach them online, I was realizing that, that their, uh, their self-time wasn't as strong as I thought it was because I wasn't there comping for them. <laughs> and, and I realized, wow, I mean, I missed something as a teacher because of the playing together part. <laughs> and, um, and so I, what I try to do with the online platform is just utilize all the parts of it that make it better. It's easier to record. We don't have to set up recording stuff. It's just push a button. Um, we get started better. We can walk right to the last minute and quit. Uh, definitely they have to play by themselves. So, you know, there's, I, I really get a chance to hear that. Um, I've always had a rule in all my lessons. If I play something and you want me to show it to you or explain what it is, you have to stop me right then. You can't wait till the end of the song and ask me what I did in the third chorus. That's, I don't, <laughs> you know, because it's a lesson, it's not a show. So we don't have to worry about stopping. And ever since the online stuff, people stop me about, oh, way more than twice as much of the time. And I realized, well, they weren't listening to me. They're, con they're focusing on their comping. Mm. They don't even hear what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and so, so those elements of the online I've, I've embraced and I, and, I, and I try to almost work towards that because I know that that's the better part. And then when we get together live, which we do, I'm very much about just playing, you know, and trying to keep my mouth shut, which is really hard for me to do, but he's I do it. A, he's a modern um, man now. This is crazy. Bruce loves the internet. Spread, yeah, spread it and, like and wildfire. And the other thing on the performance side, I immediately went, I did this thing called Grumps TV where I had a... a Weekly, uh, twice weekly TV show from my living room. It was like a happy hour variety show. And, and I created a character named Grumps and, I, and my wife, I conscripted her into being like my sidekick and my dog. And then, uh, and I put on 50, there's 50 shows, it's up on my YouTube. And that's where like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have a TV show now because I, I'm not playing for people. And then on Instagram, it was like one minute you get. Well, I said, well, cool, I'll just, for well, when I go out to my shed in the morning and I start to play, I'll just record a course of a tune. That's about a minute, you know, and, uh, and I'll put that up on the internet. Well, I've been doing that now for what, three years? It was like, I think it was 800 or 900 of them up there now. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll just think of a tune. I'll think of how, you know, of course, I have to think of that one minute. I want to let everybody know what song it is. So I have to kind of quote the melody that I want to play over it and take it somewhere. And then I got to end it. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about kind of arranging it, but then I play it. And it's the first thing I play every day and minute and I put it out, you know, mistakes and all, you know, just the jazz experience. So it is like, it's like I have a gig now. 
Nice. You know what I mean? And I, and I got a lot of followers. So uh, for me, use of the internet, it's just like, it's, it's here to stay ever since the pandemic. I mean, if there was any question, which I really don't think there was before the pandemic, now there is no question. This, <laughs> is, a big, this, is, like, this is like the highway of our life. It's one of them. There's still the other highways that are out there, but we need to have a presence here. And I think particularly the guys my age and older who kind of just waited out the pandemic are going to have a really hard time because there's been a couple of years where they're just out of sight and there's all you great young players coming up who are taking mm -hmm. up a lot of space. And um, it's going to be hard for the older guys to kind of get the momentum back to working again. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful that I've continued to build community and use the internet and just stay here in front of people. So I have a shot at continuing to play and do what I love to do you know awesome awesome thank you so much long for answer for a short question that's no, me. awesome you know it's funny talking about the time delay i've actually had that exact experience like when i first got to undergrad in the, in the middle of the pandemic like my time like once we started switching in person he was like oh boy i'd never noticed this before yeah <laughs> right it was quite funny um but yeah thank you so much bruce for being here with us today it was great to meet you virtually and awesome to hear your perspective so everyone you know, all of Bruce's followers continue to follow Bruce at Formanism and BruceForman.com and check out Playbook at Playbook Jazz, our Instagram and our website at ThisIsPlaybook.com. So I'm going to sign off now. Um, thank you again, Bruce. Thanks again. And I hope to hear you play. And Sammy, I hope we play real soon. Okay. Please, please, please. Bye-bye. Okay, thank take care. Bye. bye.